Welcome to episode 3 of the Evolving Media Podcast, where we try to make sense of the changing media world, and we try to give creators and producers advice, case studies, suggestions and shared knowledge that will help everyone succeed in bringing their projects into the best shape and best production they can be. Joining me here on the podcast today is uh, Jeff Gomez. He might not need that much of an introduction to many of the listeners, so I'll just briefly say that he's got decades of experience of crafting stories and story worlds, engagement and transmedia properties. At Starlight Runner Entertainment, he's worked on everything from Avatar to Star Wars, from Spider-Man to Hot Wheels and so on and so forth. Lately, he's been championing the idea of a collective journey, replacing the old model of the hero's journey that we've all been accustomed to follow. He's got some in-depth musings and information on the Collective Journey blog, which is linked in the description of this episode. And I, for one, feel that the notion of a collective journey resonates very much. Jeff took some time out from a busy schedule and is joining me here today to talk about exactly that. How producers can address and adapt to the thought of a collective journey. And how we can try together with an audience to reach new heights. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Simon. This is a, a true honor, um, uh, especially to to join your podcast so early in the series. I, I hope you well, and and I really hope that you've had a great Thanksgiving. Out of curiosity, since I'm from Finland and we don't do the Thanksgiving thing here for obvious reasons, what kind of food did you have on your Thanksgiving table? <laughs> My wife is uh, is Greek, Chrysula uh, Artemis, and she uh, uh, created. Uh, of uh, classic kind of turkey uh, Thanksgiving with some uh, uh, Greek touches such as uh, uh, pita bread with taramo salata, uh, mm. fish roe. <laughs> wow. So uh, it was uh, terrific and, and uh, all of us are very thankful for, uh, for Chrysula's wonderful meal. Excellent. Uh, now, I've been uh, when I was introducing you, I talked about the collective journey that you've been championing for for the past couple of years, which I found find as a, a a very logical approach to how people are connecting with stories and with each other in today's media world. Now, what I'd like to start with is just to talk about how the collective journey manifests itself today for media producers and for media creators, in, in contrast to earlier times when there wasn't the possibilities to have an, an actual global collective journey. How, how do you view this? You know, um, I began to notice that that story was behaving differently uh, just at the turn of the, the century. And for, uh, uh, you know, over a century, uh, since maybe even the Industrial Revolution, um, uh, story has behaved in a fairly specific way. It was one uh, directional. Uh, so a story was tended to be broadcast, story that reached a, a, an enormous number of people, that is. And um, and now, uh, because of social media, um, people have been encouraged uh, to to speak for themselves. It has developed a sense in uh, uh, individuals across the world, a stronger sense of self-determination, a stronger sense of um, uh, being able to contribute to a kind of massive communal narrative, an ongoing narrative, uh, rivers of narrative with every single person who has access to the internet as tributaries to that river. Uh, if if this is the case, um, I, I, I it was my belief that uh, we had to revisit the uh, Joseph Campbell model 
the hero's journey monomyth uh, model of storytelling, mm. which has dictated the way uh, uh, stories have been told for centuries and um, and investigate whether um, uh, we needed a little bit of an update. Right. And yeah. um, and so uh, I began working on Collective Journey uh, a little more than uh, 10 years ago. In, in kind of in earnest, and uh, I'm just about ready to to really um, uh, publish about it and and talk about it. With the collective journey in mind, well, since this is a podcast that I'm trying to, or we're trying to to, to reach uh, creators, producers, anyone who needs to, who's creating stuff and trying to reach an audience with their stories and with their story sure. worlds and and with their narratives. Now, when when you've been thinking about this, what kind of mindset? changes have you observed that 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 producers and creators need to adapt in in order to to understand and to to really grasp and to to take advantage of the changes we're experiencing you know the the way that we've been communicating has been on a very uh, a simple track you know um uh narrative whether it's a television commercial or or a movie or a novel it it tended to be uh, uh simplistic in its messaging and the message tended to be uh that there was a protagonist who needed to get something done and the protagonist uh confronted physical or psychological challenges um, uh, that had to be surmounted in order for the right thing to be uh, done and for the lessons to be learned that would make the hero uh, better or make the hero's society better. So there there was a great deal in, in the simplest terms of the assertion of right on wrong, uh, a kind of linear uh, narrative that was... Um, that tended to be uh, uh, circular as well. We we uh, we leave the safety of our homes. We're trained by mentors. We gain allies and uh, and battle the antagonist uh, in various ways so that we can get the, the boon, the treasure, and bring it back to the community so that everyone is saved. This kind of uh, circularity was healthy. Um, uh, in a way, for uh, a primitive society, uh, it's it's how we survived. And to that degree, it, it was kind of hardwired into our brains. But now that everyone uh, is on that journey, now that everyone uh, has uh, become a, a part of this kind of nonlinear trans-platform communication, uh, that model is disrupted. And uh, our feeling at Starlight Runner is that to rising generations, The standard tropes of classic storytelling have begun to feel slow, obvious, and dated. Uh, we we yearn for a new, far more dynamic and participative uh, approach. And so the collective journey uh, storytelling model acknowledges the perspectives of many characters um, and encourages the participation of the audience. And it feels like the audience has so much to gain from this as well, to become a part of, of the narrative, to become a part of the story, uh, because everyone is already today so very used to telling their own stories and to have them validated and acknowledged. But I, I, I have a slight feeling that this is something that might be difficult to incorporate in traditional media planning and production and distribution etc do do you have you seen anything of this 
Uh, well, I, I think that um, uh, we we are seeing the rise of uh, collective journey uh, storytelling in entertainment, uh, in in film and television, particularly television, because television allows for uh, the time and scope to uh, to be more inclusive. Um, uh, look for for uh, the rising streaming media; um, it, it um, it's extremely helpful. The algorithms dictate uh, that that they need to attract. Um, an array of different kind of people if they're going to keep their subscriber bases growing and growing and growing. Uh, a lot of these services also are international or even uh, heading toward becoming global. It just is is good business to uh, be able to integrate uh, different perspectives and and uh, diverse uh, uh, kinds of characters and concepts into their uh, narrative content. And um, and so um, we're starting to see TV shows like uh, uh, Game of Thrones, uh, The Walking Dead, Orange is the New Black, even um, genre shows like uh, uh, Godless on uh, Netflix, uh, Western, uh, where the uh, uh, perspectives of the characters are, are kind of uh, uh, truly varied, truly uh, diverse. There is no singular hero anymore in those uh, projects. In fact, good collective journey narratives are about entire systems, uh, a, a community or multiple communities that um, uh, are at odds. Uh, the system's flawed. And the job of the characters is to kind of transcend their differences and juxtapose p potential solutions so that those systems can be healed. It feels like that's where, in the real world, regular people come in as well. As I was saying that I, I, many people are very used to telling their own stories and, and making themselves heard. And in, in this sort of context, regular people can become producers in their own rights and can, can build a strong following and build a strong community and a collective in their own right. 100%. Um, we have uh, uh, always had a difficult time uh, at Starlight Runner. We, we service the big movie studios, huge video game companies, um, uh, projects and big brands that, that, um, that need audiences of many, many millions, global audiences. And, um, and since, uh, um, uh, the early aughts, we've been advising them uh, to uh, strongly consider the participation of the audience and to encourage uh, creative contributions, um, uh, the generation of uh, uh, user-generated content, YouTube videos and things like that. Uh, also encourage uh, dialogue between the storytellers and, and the audience so that there is a, a stronger sense of intimacy and um, a, a stronger sense that the audience is, is participating somehow in the story world. There's been a resistance to this, um, and you know, in, in the broadcast model, that wasn't necessary. But we're seeing now, Simon, that, um, that when there is this sense of participation, when audience members feel validated or even celebrated for their participation, um, uh, this engenders an intense loyalty and intimacy between audience and narrative uh, uh, that um, that yields these powerful franchises uh, like Game of Thrones, like Star Wars, like uh, Harry Potter. And so we are uh, uh, looking at uh, trends moving 
in this direction. Jeff, this this is also a scary thing. <laughs> I feel it's a little bit of a scary thing for uh, producers or for um, people in the media business. There is all of a sudden a need to let the regular people. I'm making quotation marks with my fingers now. Uh, regular people into the properties that you're working with, or the stories, or the narratives, and that, that's that's a little bit scary, isn't it? It is scary, Simon, and I really uh, want to touch on this uh, kind of strongly because um, uh, we are seeing the negative effects of um, of companies uh, like certain aspects of the Walt Disney Company becoming antagonistic uh, against uh, certain factions of their own fandom. The, the issues between, for example, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, and these uh, uh, fans who uh, drift uh, toward the alt-right <laughs> and, and who uh, feel antagonized by uh, the film's kind of progressive content, the strong uh, female characters, the, uh, uh, the kind of denigration of the uh, more masculine macho characters. Luke Skywalker's, uh, you know, refusal to to come in and save the day and and uh, have a gigantic, uh, uh, powerful duel with all the bad guys and destroy everything so that the good guys can win. There's uh, there's this um, uh, protest uh, amongst these fans about all that, and um, and uh, unfortunately, in the eyes of the collective journey model, uh, Disney has been antagonistic against uh, those fans. They um, uh, have condemned this behavior and, and attempted to marginalize uh, these uh, uh, perspectives and in doing so have sparked a kind of war um, uh, which has helped uh, what is what started out as a very tiny subgroup of the fan base. It has now metastasized into a larger and more significant group uh, who are in the process of generating hundreds of hours of, of fairly compelling YouTube content and other kinds of content uh, in protest against uh, Star Wars. This is unfortunate, and uh, it is not uh, a kind of a collective journey uh, mentality on the, on the part of uh, the people in control of Star Wars. It's an antagonistic one uh, that is attempting to assert their right over the the wrongness of this uh, subgroup of fans. As a follow up question, just to make make it clear for myself as well, I mean, the ideal would be for these people to instead uh, spend their time making these hundreds of of hours of video in support of the Star Wars narrative, or perhaps questioning, or perhaps, uh, but in some way, in, in, still in a in a contributing way, so to speak. But how how to approach, how, how should Disney have approached them? Uh, I mean, ignoring them would not have worked, I don't think, but... No, uh, no, right. Um, uh, and, and so here's the, uh, the new concept. Here is a, an aspect of the collective journey model um, that uh, we feel strongly is going to play a, a powerful role in building stronger relationships between uh, entertainment properties and their fans, but also, by the way, uh, in uh, uh, social and political uh, situations. And here, and here it is. When we look at uh, at Star Wars as a collective journey uh, narrative, we don't just include uh, the movies or even the movies and the comic books and the novels, the uh, animated uh, uh, cartoon shows, which are uh, beautifully and elegantly woven together in a kind of transmedia uber narrative. 
We also include in this Star Wars collective journey, the fans, uh, the global audience. Uh, after all, um, uh, it's their stories that run parallel to the Star Wars story and uh, intermingle at times that sustain Star Wars, that keep it alive. So if you're attacking some aspect of your own sustenance, even if that aspect is protesting against you or questioning you, um, that may not be the, uh, the best possible approach. What would be better particularly in the case of Star Wars, is if the creators of Star Wars, the stakeholders, the key stakeholders, adhered to the fundamental philosophy of the greatest aspect of Star Wars, and those are the Jedi. If they um, uh, understood that there needs to be maintained a balance between light and dark, if if they understood that that wars not make one great, that there will always be uh, a, a negative aspect uh, of the fan base, no matter what they do, and embraced the narrative reversal. Uh, so you see, Simon, that's the concept. Embracing the narrative reversal is a key to collective journey modeling. When you embrace the narrative reversal, you assume from the, the get-go, you take it as fact that there will always be an oppositional way of thinking to yours. There will always be uh, someone who complains that your story sucks. And, um, and when you accept that fact, it gives you a sense of calmness. After all, you're confident about your story. You're telling a beautifully told story that's unfolding across an array of media platforms. Um, so if someone is criticizing some aspect of that story, you can go, hmm, that's, that's interesting. Tell me more about the way you feel about it. How does the way that you feel about it compare to the way that Jedi um, ought to be handling themselves. If you're engaging them in, in dialogue, instead of dismissing them as abhorrent or, or uh, undesirables or, or, or something like that, if, if you're engaging them, that's listening. And when you embrace the narrative reversal, what you're really doing is that you're op keeping yourself open to oppositional thinking because there may be something in that oppositional thinking that's actually a good idea. <laughs> there may be something uh, in the dialogue that it, that results from the controversy that will be helpful in nurturing Star Wars, in nurturing your story, in nurturing your brand. Uh, this is the advice that we would give to uh, Kathleen Kennedy, Bob Iger, and the entire uh, uh, Disney crew. You don't want your actors in mortal combat uh, with trolls on Twitter. That's not becoming of Star Wars. And there are so many other ways to, to do it. If you're confident in yourself, um, at the end of that uh, dialogue, if, if you haven't gotten your audience to budge, then you say, look, I, I'm sorry you feel this way. You may want to sample some uh, Marvel. <laughs> Star Wars may not be for you. <laughs> um, you know, we've got other stuff to sell you. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, that, that that sounds that sounds very uh, logical, and it I think it's I think it's a good way of of looking at it. I mean, there's very little that's very little of worth that is born without struggle and the input you can get from critical fans, as long as it's not on the level of trolls. 
then that could be very beneficial for you in the long run. So I absolutely think that makes sense. Absolutely. And look, um, uh, there are companies that have uh, utilized uh, this aspect of collective journey storytelling. Uh, a while back, Pepsi put out a commercial with Kendall Jenner, oh, yeah. uh, where she handed a bottle of Pepsi to these uh, uh, people doing protest. It was like Black Lives Matter. And she gave everyone a Pepsi, the police and the, the, the protesters, and everyone got happy. And this was a dumb thing to do. And uh, uh, Pepsi realized it. And acknowledged it um, almost immediately that they misconceived the messaging in the commercial. And uh, within 24 hours, they pulled the commercial and uh, they apologized to Kendall Jenner, whose following didn't understand how she could stand for such a message. Well, Pepsi said, it's not her fault. We made a mistake. We're taking responsibility. The message was garbled. And uh, this led to uh, all around acceptance and the brand quickly recovered. Pepsi confronted the narrative reversal. Hey, that commercial's horrible. <laughs> and they said, oh, wow, you have a, a really good point here. We're going to uh, apologize and pull the, the commercial, even though there's a great expense here uh, because the point is well taken. And that, you know, allows for the system to be repaired. That allows for people to to work a little bit against even their own self-interest so that a better message and, and stronger future is forged. Yeah, just take the tools that you were digging your own grave with and start uh, building bridges with them instead, right? Exactly, exactly. Now, we could talk all day about this and, and I will... Be extremely happy to have you back on the podcast later on. But uh, for now, I have one uh, final question for this episode. Uh, and, And that's looking ahead at the future and your thoughts on the collective journey. What are you expecting or what are you hoping for? Or is there something you are dreading over this coming, over the coming years? Uh, it's a great question, uh, uh, Simon. Um, one of the, the chief motivators that um, I have and that my company has is that um, uh, if we don't understand how story is changing, we are going to be uh, subject to those who do. Okay. So, for example, if there are uh, leaders who wish to become authoritarian, who wish to truly dominate uh, their their people, their uh, their citizenry, they can uh, do things like embrace the narrative reversal. <laughs> um, uh, in other words, they can say something outrageous, and uh, and if there is protest uh, against it, they could uh, encourage the the protest and thrive on the deep fissures and conflicts that result. So people can use collective journey storytelling uh, with a, a little touch of uh, deceit, a little touch of intentional, intentionally fomenting conflict and chaos, and they can polarize uh, a, a people, leaving them subject to authoritarian management. So that's very different from the standard kind of hero's journey narrative, where you know the intent of the protagonist is positive and and positive values are asserted over the entire community as a result of the hero's journey. So these are a slightly more complex narrative models that if we don't understand them, if we don't know how they work, we're going to be uh, in trouble. 
And, um, and so my immediate goal in the future is, um, is not to point fingers at good guys and bad guys. It is to let all of us know how story now works. It's different than it used to. And, um, and if and when we do learn how story works in this kind of nonlinear, trans-platform, uh, fully participative way, uh, if, if we do figure that out, we'll be able to tell when it's uh, being used uh, against our interests. And um, and that's uh, the concern I have for the future, but it's also the work that I'm doing toward the future. Becoming smarter and becoming more knowledgeable and becoming more more uh, skilled at, at both creating and detecting collective journey methods and, and uh, solutions everywhere. It's a, it's a good thing. Absolutely. Jeff, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the podcast. And uh, I hope you have a very great rest of the week. Uh, Simon, I'm a big fan of the podcast. I listen to every episode and uh, I, I hope you uh, continue for a long time to come. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye.